Paula Jenkins, a transformative life coach and podcaster. Welcome to Jumpstart Your Joy, a podcast that talks about the stories of people following their hearts, finding work that lights them up, and looking at how joy plays a part in their journey. To learn more about this podcast or to find out more about me, just head on over to the website at jumpstartyourjoy.com. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 49 of Jumpstart Your Joy. This week is a solo cast where I'm tackling the topic of facing change and what it looks like to put internal and external processes in place to help support whenever you're going through a big change. If you would like to follow along with the show notes, you can head over to the website at jumpstartyourjoy.com slash episode 49. And there you'll find links to the books that I'm talking about, along with other information about past shows. If you like what you hear, you can find the show Jumpstart Your Joy is on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Player FM. And I would love to have you subscribe and leave a positive review. Thank you so much. So welcome, everybody. It's really exciting to be to episode 49. I can't believe I'm almost to a whole year. To kind of tag along with last week's episode 48, which was about four ways that you can bring your dream to life, I got really interested in the idea of facing change. Understanding that change really kind of comes about in someone's life in two ways. One would be a change that you choose, like you want to go after a new career or you're buying a house, like some of these changes are things that you choose, or, or sometimes change that happens in your life is something that hap- just happens to you. So you lose a job, or you lose a friend or loved one. And there's nothing that you can do that's truly out of your control. But in recognizing that there are a couple of different kinds of change in our life, I also got really interested in both the internal process, so what goes on inside of us when we're faced with change, and what I'm calling external process, which is the things that we can set up to help support change. So is that, you know, do you go to checklists or do you have a running binder or something where you keep lists of things? How do you support yourself when you're faced with change? So that's what this episode it's going to be all about is how to face change and put yourself in a great position to support yourself when you go through it. When we start with change, a great way to go about making a change in one's life. So in my own world, when I started this podcast, I, I read a lot of how-to articles. You know, I did a lot of research and that is a great place to start on any kind of change that you want to make. Same thing with getting certified as a life coach. I went through a certification process. A lot of us look to other experts to help us find a how-to or a handy guide on how to make the steps to make this change in our life. And I think this is good because it helps us get our bearings and we start with the baby steps to get us to the place where we want to be. What's interesting though, and what I have seen in teaching the Jumpstart Your Podcast class, which you can find out more about at jumpstartyourpodcast.com. We'll be starting again in October and I'm so excited. But it comes to a point when you have gone through all of the phases of how do you do this new thing in your life. You've got that. You've got the lay of the land. You know all of the instruction manual type things. And then you get to this point where you have to just make it yours. It's the shift, right? It's the shift in time from when you're a student and a beginner and you've, you've learned everything you can know about it from a book, but then you have to just make it your own. And I think there's something very interesting that happens in that period where you're shifting to trust yourself and jump out on your own and do your own thing and rely, yes, on the training and the processes that you've gone through 
that you understand and you can lean on, but that you're really making it your own. And so, so let's review a little bit right there. So what I'm calling the external process is some of these things that are you've learned either in training or that you always know that work, you know, checklists again, a whole set of habits that you've lined up to help support yourself. And if you have more questions about habits, go back and listen to the episode with the fly lady. She has great work around habits and turning those into routines. But lots of times you'll set those things up. And that's one of the other things that I teach in the class for podcasting is that the framework of project management in some ways is a great way to introduce something new into your life. So you make a plan You know what the outcome will be. You set up the steps to get there. And then you have the framework or the process that will help you get to that end goal. And again, I think this is a great way to go. Obviously, it gets things done and it helps you to get where you want to be. But when we then are faced with that shift of going from, you know, the bumpers up and you've got the the project and you're shifting into the area where now this thing is yours and you're going to go own it. And now you have a podcast or now you are you know, trained to do some sort of new career. There's a point at which you own that. And with any change, lots of times people find a way to cope with this new role or this new responsibility. And that would be your internal process, right? So how do you react when you are faced with change? Who do you become? What do you rely on? What kind of emotions or What kind of habits are familiar for you when you're going through lots of change or even just a large change, a single large change? And so some of those, maybe you'll relate to some of these examples, is maybe resistance comes up really loudly. You've got an inner critic that's screaming at you about, why are you doing this? Who are you to do this? Who, why do you think you have any right to, you know, become a podcaster or, you know, write a blog or whatever your creative dream is? Maybe your inner critic gets really loud and starts screaming at you about something. And that could just be inner critic is also another word for negative self-talk or um, some groups would call that a gremlin or something negative. I like to think it's a voice that's looking out for us. It has our best interests in in mind. It just has a very angry tone sometimes, and it's hard to hear what it has to say. So that's maybe that's one way is that resistance comes up when you're faced with change. Maybe you do something like eating or drinking or numbing out in some ways, and that's a coping mechanism. The change is too scary, and so that is one way to retreat and feels comforting in some way. Maybe you just walk away from the big dream or the creative thing that you're trying to accomplish. It's too hard or you make some excuses about why you should just put this to rest, right? You know, the inner critic has gotten too loud and you just walk away. Other people keep going slow and steady, you know, just do 15 minutes a day. They get a lot done. More often than not, it's really a mishmash of all of these things together that that's through the process, right? And so then how do you face these things? Even if this is some of the process that you have all of these things coming up for you, how do you support yourself internally? What is your reaction to change when it comes up? And then how do you support yourself internally? If the inner critic is coming up loudly, how do you say to that inner critic why this thing is important to you? Do you have a conversation with that inner critic? Ask it what it's what is it scared of? What does it want you to know? What is it trying to say? And can they say it politely, please? <laughs> if you're eating and drinking or eating or drinking or numbing out in some way, 
do you catch yourself in that moment? Do you recognize that, hey, this thing, this action is because I'm stressed out and I'm faced with change and what is it trying to tell me? If walking away is one way that you cope with it, um, and, and I mean that differently than like giving yourself distance, I mean like just that you'd be giving up and literally walking away from the thing, but maybe giving yourself some distance. Another possibility would be that you overwhelm yourself with other choices when you're trying to make a change. You dive back into that research mode when you're trying to make a change. And so starting to recognize these things that happen when you get stressed and feel like there's a lot of change going on is what's interesting. And the mindfulness of noticing these things is really key because it starts to give you the framework for knowing, okay, when I'm faced with change, this is my normal reaction. I get upset. I eat too much. I, you know, I want to go to the movies. I need a break or whatever it is. And so once you're mindfully noticing what that internal process is, once you can see what the triggers are, then you can really start to work with yourself instead of it being something where it feels like you're constantly working against yourself. And so one of my favorite books, and it does come up up on this show quite a bit, is Pema Chodron's When Things Fall Apart. Heart advice for difficult times. And I assure you, it is not as frightening a title as it may seem. But Pemba Children has a lot to say about facing change and what happens. And so let me read a bit for you. Instead of trying to avoid our uneasiness and off-centeredness by running away, we could begin to open our hearts to the human dilemma that causes so much misery in this world. With enormous gentleness and clarity, we could look at how weak we are In this way, we can discover that what seems to be ugly is, in fact, the source of wisdom and a way for us to reconnect with our basic wisdom mind. She says, we feel that we have lost everything that's good. We've been thrown out of the nest. We sail through space without a clue as to what's going to happen next. We're in no man's land. We had it all together, working nicely, when suddenly the atomic bomb dropped and shattered our world into a million pieces. We don't know what's going to happen next or even where we are. Then we recreate ourselves. We return to the solid ground of our self-concept as quickly as possible. And another little bit that I loved in the same, this is page 72, if you have the book, we want to be perfect, but we just have to, to keep seeing our imperfection. And there is no room to get away from that, no exit, nowhere to run. That is when this sword turns into a flower. We stick with what we see, we feel what we feel, and from that we begin to connect with our own wisdom mind. I love what Pema Chodron is saying here. It is instead of fighting that uncomfortable feeling that we often get when we are faced with change, instead of fighting that thing, to get curious about it, to recognize there is wisdom within that emotion, that thing that we're doing to avoid the change. When we feel like we want to run or we feel too afraid, there's wisdom in that feeling. And so when we start to get in touch with that feeling and ask what it's about, or just notice what it's doing to us. That is when we connect with our inner wisdom. And there's something so beautiful about that, that even with when we're on the path of whatever our purpose is, and things start to feel really scary, we can still connect, okay, what's the fear about? Instead of running, instead of saying, like she says, bolting in the moment, stick with it. Feel the feeling, see what it is, ask it what it wants. Because I think that those activities and those triggers that happen and our desire to bolt or run is kind of our ego's desire to control the environment and keep us safe. 
to resist change. And it's it's part of the fight, flight, freeze principle in some ways. As Pema Chodron points out, there is another way through change and it's and another way through experiences that we can't control. And that's through getting curious and understanding our own internal processes and that we can truly process the change we are feeling and seeing and, and experiencing and we can incorporate that into our lives. And there actually is an invitation to look at our inner wisdom and access that as well. One thing that often hangs us up is what I like to call end thinking. And it's when you know what the goal is, but yet you let your mind jump to the nth degree of what that thing will be. If it's, I want to lead a retreat, then your brain jumps to the point, well, then I'm going to have to do X, Y, and Z. And and that end goal, in fact, seems really scary. That can often close the door on a dream faster than anything else. The other thing is that we often compare someone else's end to our beginning. We assume that all along this person's had smooth sailing or we're reading our own story into how they got to where they are. And it really is hard if we see someone that is, you know, 15 steps ahead of us and looks like they've got it all together. I think we often forget to look back at whatever the beginning of their story is. And that's why I like to ask that question on this show so much of, you know, how did you get started? What did that look like? What were the steps? I know you can hear that around Franny Berkey. She's the the baker that was on early in this season. Um And coming up in episode 50, so next week, I'm so excited, um, you'll get to hear Chris Nations. Uh, She designs jewelry. She talks about how she's 12 years into this business of being a jewelry designer, but she still feels fear about the future and what does it hold and will the next season be a success? But instead of letting it rule the roost, she molds it into motivation to do better, to do more. She recognizes the fear, but she works with it. She harnesses that fear for good. And I bring it up because a lot lot of times when we're looking at making a big change in our own life and we're in that space of our internal process, we think maybe we can conquer the fear or that fear may be something that goes away after some time. But I, I bring it up here because once we know our internal processes, and how we experience fear and what our normal reaction to fear is, we can work with it and make it work for us. We access our wisdom, which is what I believe Chris has done. She understands what fear is and what it can be there, what how it can be a good force for her. She's using the fear to help move her along. I bring it up because the fear doesn't go away. And it doesn't change the further along you get in your dream or the further along you get in the change that you want to make. But if you get curious about what fear is teaching you and what it is saying, you can learn to love yourself and still be afraid. You can realize that you can love yourself and be in the midst of the messy middle or that space in the middle of change where you're kind of questioning, why did I make this decision? I love to reference the messy middle being like a a kitchen renovation where it's that you've pulled everything out of the cabinets, you've torn the cabinets out, and now you have this messy space ahead of you. And you probably feel a little bit like, oh, crap, what have I done? But that's the messy middle. You can still love yourself when, when you have gotten in touch with what your internal process is and realize that it's teaching you something and it's full of wisdom. You can learn to love yourself and be in the messy middle. You can love yourself and not run away from change. You can hold space for both those things, loving yourself 
treating yourself kindly, and being in the midst and the face of change. The other great, great book on this topic that I love so much is Women, Food, and God by Janine Roth. And she gets referenced a lot as well. And both these books, if you go to the show notes, I will have a... um, a link out to them. But Janine Roth shares a lot about change as well. Her book is um, with the lens of women and food and God. <laughs> um, but I really love, I mean, as I say in the episode with Cam Adair, it's not about the food. And that's, I mean, that's kind of her point. It's about how we think about things and what we love about ourselves and how we love ourselves. She talks a little bit about believing that there's this end goal as far as change goes. In this case, it's about weight loss, but I believe that there was an end goal, a place at which I would arrive and forevermore be at peace. And then her thoughts on change are, change, if it is to be long lasting, must occur on the unseen levels first. Our work is not to change what you do, but to witness what you do with enough awareness enough curiosity, enough tenderness that the lies and old decisions upon which the compulsion is based become apparent and fall away. And I want to pause before we go on to the next little bit of her of her work that I'm going to read. But so when you're faced with change, the shift that we're looking to make here is within your own internal processes. So recognizing that if you, like Pema Chodron is saying, if you feel the fear, you feel the discomfort, recognizing that it's there and then witnessing your own discomfort and having the awareness to recognize that this is my pattern. Lots of times, for example, lots of times when I feel this way, I want to run, I want to eat, I want to cry, I want to overwhelm myself with more stuff, but sticking with it, accessing your inner wisdom, treating yourself tenderly and with kindness. And then as, as Janine Roth is saying, the lies and old decisions upon which the compulsion, so the compulsion being that fear, that compulsion being that instinct to run or eat or cry or whatever it is, recognizing that that compulsion is whatever that's based on has become apparent and will fall away. So once you've opened your mind up to the why, why am I doing this? Why is Why has this been my process in the past? You can start to recognize it in the moment and realize I want to stop this activity. You know, I realize it's uncomfortable, but I'm going to stay here and I'm going to keep at this. I'm going to keep at the change that I'm trying to enact. The other shift that comes into play that Pema Chodron also makes a nod to is uh, what Janine Roth says here is you are not a mistake. You are not a problem to be solved, but you won't discover this until you are willing to stop banging your head against the wall of shaming and caging and fearing yourself. The Sufi poet Rumi, writing about birds learning to fly, wrote, how do they learn it? They fall and falling, they're given wings. Either you are willing to believe in kindness or you aren't. Either you are willing to believe in the basic sanity of your being or you aren't. To be given wings, you've got to be willing to believe that you were put on this earth for more than your endless attempts to lose the same 30 pounds 300 times for 80 years. And that goodness and loveliness are possible, even in something as mundane as what you put in your mouth for breakfast, beginning now. Once you take the first few steps, once you begin treating yourself with the kindness that you believe only thin or perfect people deserve, you can't help but discover that love didn't abandon you after all. I love what these two authors are saying 
which is that to really affect and unlock change in your life, you have to recognize your own process around it. What do you usually do when something becomes uncomfortable? How do you usually react? Get curious about what that thing is and how you react to it and what the emotions or the tendencies are that come up for you. And then in that mindful moment, react in a way that honors who you are, that is loving and tender and gracious to yourself. And from there, come at that change in a different way, in a way that's different from the way that you've done it before. And that's the way to work through change. And so how can you put trusting yourself and your decisions into play? I have several thoughts on this that kind of allow you to start trusting yourself. You know, how do you learn to trust yourself when change is what you want? Number one, I would say looking at your choice to make change. If it's something that you have a choice around, I would say yes and move forward with that change. But only if it's a hell yes, like only if it's, oh, yeah, this is the best thing I could You know, I can't imagine a better thing coming into my life. If you're saying yes, and you know with your being that you want to do this, there's often that feeling that I have talked about, which is dancing in that space of excited and terrified. And that's when you know you're going to be in the right zone. So it is, there is some fear involved, even when you make a choice to make a change that you really want. And that's a great fit. And so learning to be comfortable with that is really important because you're going to be back in that space of excited and terrified again and again. So learning to sit in the messy middle and know that you'll be all right is key. And so that that's part of why I really like bringing up these ideas around how to face change when you're looking at making a change and knowing what your internal process is. So I would say, say yes to whatever this thing is, but only if it's a hell yeah. <laughs> If you're getting the ick factor, if you're feeling like, I don't know, I'm not sure, then I would put it either on hold or when you get that feeling, then you know I'm walking away if you decide to walk away for a reason. So, because it's not a hell yeah. Number two, treat yourself with kindness as you go. Because this thing, whatever you've just signed up for, isn't easy, right? It's something that maybe is has sat for a while. It's something that's been on your heart. It's something you want a whole lot if you're in that space of excited and terrified. And so when the inner critic does come screaming, when things feel scary or like they're too much, and and, and this is part of what Janine Roth is saying, is extend yourself the kindness. Stop the shaming. Stop the guilt. Stop the fear. And just allow yourself to be and be kind with that person. Let go of the shoulds. I should do it this way. I should do it that way. Somebody else did it that way, right? (laughs) Let go of that where you can and just be kind. Practice loving kindness. Number three, baby steps are really the way to go. So even when you're beginning and maybe you're using a project plan, you've got some, some external process in place that's supporting your plan, do it with baby steps because it is a change. It's going to take a while to enact. Whatever it is, it's going to take a while to build. And I would say make small changes daily or make the shift happen daily. Weekly set aside blocks of time because this thing isn't going to happen overnight. Kind of like Chris Nations, you'll hear her talk about it. 
she's 12 years in and that's a long time and now she has this business that she knows is fairly stable and something that she can count on and that she's hired people for so baby steps number four is trust yourself believe this thing this change that you want to enact it's all yours when i talk to my podcasters the first rule of podcasting is it's your own damn show (laughs) which is permission to do whatever you want with this thing that you're creating it's all yours let go of the shoulds when you're committed you're going to feel excited and terrified, like I've said. So there's there's some of that fear, and you're going to learn to work with it. But trusting in yourself and knowing that you've made a decision in the right direction, that's your touchstone, right? Go back to that. Well, no, I really want this. If you need to list out your whys or your why do you want to do this, that's a great place to be. But go back to that. Um, and the last thing I would say is, Number five, do check-ins regularly to confirm that you're on the right path. So any good project management plan, so that's the external process, will also have that loop back of making sure, is this path still the most efficient, the best way to do this? Is this still the outcome that we want? I would build that in for your own change, whatever this thing is. A weekend, once you've made a little headway, does this still look like the right direction? And create the feedback loop. No, I think I'd rather do a little bit more of this than that. Whatever the change is. So check in regularly with yourself. Build it in. Understand that even when you've got a clear goal, that sometimes those goals change. And really allow yourself that flexibility. So I'll go over those again. Some guidelines on how to feel good about making changes that stick. (laughs) And first is say yes, but only if it's hell yeah. Two would be treat yourself with kindness and let go of the shoulds. Understand you're only human and and treat yourself with a loving kindness. Number three, baby steps are the way to go. Make small changes daily. Number four, trust yourself. You've made this decision. This thing's been on your heart a long time. Believe this thing is yours and you can own this thing. And number five is do the check-ins regularly to see if you need to correct course in any way. With those five things and then getting in touch with your own internal process. What does it look like when you're faced with change? How do you react? How can you tap into that wisdom that fear might be sharing with you and extend this loving kindness to yourself throughout the change until you're on your way? If you want to get the show notes for this one, it's at jumpstartyourjoy.com slash episode 49. And I will give the links to those two books and the other episodes that we talk about. If you're looking for a life coach, if you're facing change yourself and you want some help navigating through what it looks like, if you want someone to kind of go into those places that feel a little bit scary with you and hold the space so that you can look at what comes up when I want to make change well, this is what I do. This is this is my this is my job. This is my calling. <laughs> this is what I've trained for. Um, and I would love to talk to you. If you would like to visit my website at jumpstartyourjoy.com, you can see information there on the coaching tab. And it will take you to my calendar. You can sign up for a consultation. I would love to meet you and talk about whatever change you're facing. And uh, so for next week, I've already given a pretty big <laughs> nod to 
the fact that I have Chris Nations coming on the show to talk about her jewelry business, what it's been like to work with her sister Kim over the last few years, how she designs, what inspires her. And it's just a really amazing conversation that I know you're going to love. So I hope you'll come on back for that. And until then, I hope that your days are filled with so much joy.